Thank you, Koyo. All right. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday once again. And again, I would like to welcome uh, to IFGF Seattle for those uh, who are new uh, in this uh, in this house. Uh, we are glad and we are so blessed to have you with us. And we want to pray that you can call this uh, church home and we are here to support you uh, in any way that we could do and then also if you have uh, any question any concern come to me do not hesitate or uh, reach out to one of the usher or one of the ministers uh, in this place so uh, we want to uh, basically uh, get connected with you okay amen all right so uh, before i start i want to uh, reiterate uh, what uh, ko yuhong uh, mentioned about the discipleship journey so what is that is that a uh, five weeks of class so one hour a week for five weeks, the discipleship journey, or we call it a grow Bible study, is just uh, a basic uh, teaching, right? Basic Bible study about salvation, about Christianity, about this church, IFGF church. And I do really want to encourage everybody to register and to take that class if you haven't uh, taken the class, especially for those who wants to be part of the ministry uh, in this house. So we don't want to see you only come every Sunday, but we want to see you grow in spiritual, uh, in, in the Lord. And also uh, the fruit of your growth is you serve God through serving people. So we want to cover that come, grow, and serve, right, uh, in that classes. Okay, so you can go to the website, uh, uh, fill in the form, or, or send an email to kgroups uh, at ifgfseattle.org, and we are going to uh, respond to you. Okay? Amen. And... I don't see the announcement, but we do have, a, actually, another two weeks, we do have an Easter celebration. Are you guys excited? Yeah, I mean, the team has been, has been putting a lot of efforts to, to prepare, right, Joe and, and her team, basically. So, in the next uh, two weeks, uh, do, do we have a special announcement for Easter? No? no? Okay, yeah. So, so in, in the next two weeks, we are going to have a Good Friday service, right, on Friday uh, the 15th and also the Easter Sunday service on the 17th followed by uh, Easter community event. So last year we did a community event. So we're going to have a big event uh, this year and we want to keep uh, the momentum that we want to be, uh, uh, be a blessing for our community in the Pinehurst community. So please mark your calendar, uh, invite everybody uh, that you know, and then we can uh, have a fellowship together in on the Easter Sunday. And uh, Pastor Irwan and I talk and discuss about the theme for the month of April. So we are going to be a little bit sidetracked from the book of Acts, okay? Because we want to build the message that relates to Easter Sunday, okay? So today and next week, we are going to talk about things that relate to Easter Sunday, right? So not in, on Easter Sunday yet, but the message is related to Easter Sunday. So, with that, I want to invite you to open uh, your Bible. Let's open uh, one of the Gospels, which is the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 26. Let's uh, bow our head and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks once again, Lord, for the privilege to have a fellowship with a brother and sister in Christ. We thank you, Father, for your love and for your goodness. Uh, right now, Father, we, are, we, we ask for your guidance and your help, like the Holy Spirit minister to every single of us, every single of heart in this place, Father, that like, you speak 
to us personally, Father, as we are uh, reading and listening to the word of Christ, the word that gives us life, the word that gives us hope, and the word that gives us strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if we are talking about Easter, there are always two names that are coming up or pop up in my head. Okay, those two names are from the disciples of Jesus Christ, from the 12. Anyone want to guess what are those two names? If you are talking about Easter, when we are talking about crucifixion or cross, Peter and Judas. Okay, Peter and Judas. Anyone likes Judas? No? <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I did some research on the Google. Actually, one of the country, I believe Spain, uh, you, can, you can do a fast check there. So Spain, actually, they might ban people naming their babies Judas. <laughs> Even though, actually, Judas, and there are two Judas, right? In the 12 disciples, there's a Judas, son of Iscariot, and there's a Judas, son of James. Uh, or you call it Thaddeus or Jude. Okay, the meaning actually is great. Judas means praise. Okay, but again, I don't think that uh, Judas is a popular name for a baby. Okay, so today, of course, I don't want to go to the unpopular <laughs> person. I want to go to the popular person, which is Peter. Okay, so we want to uh, learn or talk a little bit about uh, Peter, the disciple of uh, Jesus Christ. So who is Peter? Okay. Peter was one of the first four disciples that Jesus called. And it's very interesting in the book of John, the Gospel of John, when Jesus called Peter, he gave his a new name. He gave him a new name. Okay? His name is Simon. And Jesus said, now you will be called Cephas, or translated as Peter. So it's very interesting. Jesus called and then somehow gave, uh, I don't want to say new identity, but new name for Peter. And then later on, you know that Peter is the one who confessed that Jesus is Messiah. And Jesus specifically mentioned to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. It's a very, um, I don't know, uh, amazing conversation between Jesus and Peter at the time. When you go down more to the verses next to that, Confession, actually Jesus rebuked Peter two times. After he said that I will build my church on this rock, Jesus rebuked Peter two times. One, when Jesus tell, you know what, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die. And then uh, uh, Peter mentioned that, you know what, Lord, that shall never happen to you. And, 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 and Jesus said that, you know what, get behind me, Satan. He called Peter, get behind me, Satan. And then next, when Jesus said that, you know what, Peter, you will disown me three times. You will deny me three times. And Peter mentioned that, no, even if I have to die with you, I will not, never disown you. So he's so overconfident, right? Peter so overconfident. So let's, let's read uh, Matthew chapter 26. So this is the context that... Uh, a few nights before, or probably a night before uh, the crucifixion, or uh, Jesus got arrested and was brought to the high priest. So, Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 to 46. Okay, so let's read uh, pretty, pretty fast here. The context is Jesus with the disciple. 
Then Jesus told them, the disciples, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Lord, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Okay? So not only Peter who said that, actually all the disciples. Okay? Let's uh, continue. 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which is John and James, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to the original place, to his disciple, and found them sleeping. What are disciples? Right? Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? So Jesus pray for one hour, guys. He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 42. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping, guys, and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And then the next story is Judas came with all the soldiers, and then they arrest Jesus Christ. So if I put myself in that story, probably I will be like Peter. Kismet, can you pray? Five minutes probably, and I fell asleep. Jesus say, oh, why? You're sleeping, okay. And then second time, they're still sleeping. Third time, they're still sleeping. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what I learned personally from this moment, I'm trying to imagine the moment Jesus, Peter, John, James, and all the disciples, okay? Do not, do not underestimate the temptation. Do not underestimate the weakness of our flesh. And Jesus gave us a clue here. If you don't want to fall into temptation, watch and pray. Even Jesus prayed three times. When Jesus felt so sorrowful and heavy burden because he knows that he's going to die, he prayed three times and said the same thing. So you might wonder that some people, when they have a problem, they go to God and then keep saying the same praying and praying and praying again. 
I think that's, that's what Jesus did, right? And it's not about because we want to force God. No, no, no. Because, because we, we are weak. In the flesh, we are weak. Okay? And I used to think like this, okay? I'm, I'm just a regular man, okay? I have a flesh. And I, I fell uh, into the temptation a lot, a lot of time. Okay? Often time. Many times. And then when I sin, I used to say, well, God knows that I'm going to sin anyway. I'm a man. So I think he's going to be okay. But do not excuse, guys. It's not like because King David sinned, Peter sinned, Abram sinned, Moses sinned, and then say that you're all the Bible characters, Bible hero, they sinned anyway. So I'm okay, right? But no, Jesus mentioned that watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The difference between Peter and Judas, Judas, after he betrayed Jesus, he regret. He regret it. Even he gave the 30, silver, the 30 pieces of silver back to the high priest, but he didn't repent. He killed himself. Peter, after he denied Jesus three times, he regret. Even he, he cried and he repented. And I was, I was reading some article, uh, the early church fathers, they mentioned that because Peter was one of the, uh, 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 what do you call it? not pastor, but the, the head of the church, right? In the early church. Historians, histori- historians say that Peter always cried when he hear the rooster crows. So that very, very deep in, in his heart. Now, after the crucifixion, you know the story. Jesus said that you all will fall away. Not only Peter, John, James, uh, Phillips, Andrew, Thomas, everybody scattered. Okay, even though they say that, you know what? If we have to die with you, Lord, we will never disown you. But when Jesus got arrested, where were they? In the book of John, only two disciples that follow Jesus on the court. John witnessed that Peter and the other disciple follow Jesus. It's only two. Around 11, only two. I remember when I was uh, uh, in a college and I watched the, the Passion of Christ movie. And then there's a, there's a scene that everybody was running around when are running away that when, um, when uh, Jesus got arrested, I cried at that moment because I was like, man, this is like me. Sometimes I disown Jesus, not literally deny, deny, but sometimes I just disown him. When he says something, I don't want to do it, and I just fell into temptation, and then I just run away. Now, let's jump ahead to uh, John chapter 21. And this is another beautiful moment between uh, Jesus and uh, Peter. John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. Everybody knows the story. So the context is, after Jesus died, he rose, and he appeared to all the disciples. At this time, all the disciples, Peter, everybody, went back to their old job, which is to be a fisherman. Okay? And then Jesus appeared, and they called them, and then Jesus mentioned to Peter, 
Now, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? I don't know, this probably all the fishes, every, everything there, right? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. It's very interesting because Jesus called Peter, not Peter. He called his original name Simon, son of John. Well, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Jesus already changed his name to Peter or Cephas, but why he go back and then call Simon, son of John? I think this is the moment when Jesus restored Peter's personal relationship with him. Not about forgiveness of sin, right? Because it's already done on the cross. I do believe at this moment, Peter's sin has been forgiven, has been done. But this is just like ourselves. Sometimes we don't believe that Jesus already died for us and forgive our sin. We need this kind of a confirmation. We need this kind of affirmation. When Jesus restored Peter, he restored to the root. You know what? Simon, son of John, your, 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 your real identity, your, your beginning. Remember? And, and the story is so interesting because when Jesus called Peter, Peter was fishing. Fish. And then he called Peter and said, hey, just come follow me. I will make you the fisher of men. Now, at the restoration, again, the, snail, uh, the scene, they are fishing again. They go back to the old one. And Jesus restored that. So when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, He's not only restoring the whole things for everybody, but He also restored our personal relationship with, with Him. It's a personal. The cross of Jesus Christ is a personal to you and to me. It's a personal revelation to you and to me. And of course, I do want to see that. Jesus said to Peter that in this rock, I will, on this rock, I will build my church. And I would, I would like to see when Jesus also not only restoring his personal relationship with Peter, but Jesus is going to restore his church in the future. The resurrection gives us a significant relationship with Jesus himself. Relationship, when we are talking about relationship, there are two parties, right? Husband and wife, there are two. Boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, okay? Leader and follower, there are two parties. When we are talking about relationship, it takes both parties to put an effort so that the relationship can work out, okay? The relationship cannot be done only one party only. Both parties can have to work out so that the relationship can work. Now, what happened with, with our relationship with Jesus, with God? 
God's part already done, already finished. Okay? It's already finished. John 19, verse 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he, bow, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So God's initiative has been done complete in terms of our relationship with him. Okay? How about our part? John 14, verse 23. Anyone who loves me, again, relationship, will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So one thing that God has done, complete, finished, his initiative in our relationship, our part is to respond to that relationship by obeying this commandment. Okay? So, people think that, well, God already done it for me. I don't need to do anything. Of course, yes, we don't do anything to add to it, but we need to do obeying His commandment to respond to that relationship. Relationship cannot be done only one side, right, guys? And people say, well, I don't need to. I don't need to respond. I don't need to put some effort. If you don't put effort to that relationship, probably you don't have that relationship. I don't know. Probably that's a, that's a good question uh, for ourselves. Do we have that relationship with Jesus Christ? If yes, Remember John 14, 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And the beauty of it is when we are talking about relationship between husband and wife, it's not eternal. When one of the party die, the relationship is just finished. Boyfriend and girlfriend. When you break up, done. Right? Friendship could end too. But relationship with Jesus is eternal. The resurrection gives us someone, the best friend, who walk with us eternally, forever, in our life. Now, I want to switch to more practical things. Okay, guys. Uh, last week, uh, Joy mentioned about four Ps, right? You guys remember the four Ps? Can you help me? If not, I have to, I have to go to her husband to, to say it because he has to remember, right? The husband. Anyone wants to help the husband? Four Ps. What? Pray. Power. And then? Productivity. And then? Persecution. Okay? Why I'm saying those four Ps? Because I want to add another two Ps. <laughs> and I will, I will ask Pastor Irwan to ask that six Ps next week, right? So just, not just kidding. Okay. So one thing, the application that I want to invite everybody today is, as we receive the gift of salvation in our life, as we receive the call, as we are responding to uh, Jesus' uh, call to us, first one thing, one P is preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. A lot of time we are encouraged to preach the gospel to others. Share the gospel, preach the gospel, share the gospel, preach the gospel to 
somebody else, two others. But I want to remind you that we need to preach the gospel not only to others but to ourselves every single day. That's a very important. Why? Why? Remember, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves. And what is the gospel? That's the next question, right? You can, you can have all the, the Bible verses about the gospel. I'll just list, uh, list out uh, five of them. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5.8, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ephesians 2, 8-9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. First John 4, 20, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And you can add more to this list about the gospel. What's the gospel? This is the gospel. It's not about us. And do not try to put yourself in this verse as the subject or the main hero of these verses. Because the main hero is Jesus Christ. It's God himself. Uh, Jesse, uh, I'm sorry, not Jesse Royal, but G.I., uh, I think G.I. Baker mentioned that when we are doing the Bible study, a lot of time we are trying to force to understand that what God said to me from these verses, right? It's very common uh, methodology how to read the Bible or do a Bible study. What God say to me through this verse. But actually, the most important part is we need to know, we need to ask, rather than what does this passage teach me about my God. Not only what God say to me through this verse, but what this verses teach me about my God. He's a self, selfless God. He died for our sin. He chose us even when we were sinners and not by our works. That's the gospel. So we need to preach to ourselves so that we cannot boast on our good works. As we receive Jesus Christ in our life, it's no longer I who live in me, right? But Christ live in me. That's what Jesus uh, say in I think Matthew 6, 20, uh, 16, 24, right? If anyone wishes to come after me, they have to deny themselves. Deny themselves meaning that, yes, Lord, I cannot even add a single or, or small things to our salvation because everything is Him. Okay? He is the hero on these verses. We are not the subject, we are not the main hero. Second piece, practice our obedience to Christ wholeheartedly. Now, we are talking obedience. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will obey my commandments. If we are trying to obey God, a part of Jesus' cross, a part of Jesus, I think we will fail. 
our Christian life is not meant to be walking alone without Jesus and try to obey God's commandment. The life we live in the flesh is not easy. Jesus also mentioned. Right? We need Jesus' cross. We need Jesus' resurrection. We need Jesus' grace in our life. Let's go back to Peter. Right? Let's go back to Peter. After Peter witnessed all of those things, he became one of the leaders in the early churches. He becomes a great apostle. He preached uh, in the book of Acts. He preached and then 3,000, 5,000 people converted. Along the way, he stumbled again. So it's pretty common, right? He stumbled again. When he was eating with all his other the Gentiles, basically in the Galatians. And then he disassociated with those uh, uh, Gentiles and then he became uh, no, no, basically moved to, to, the, to the place with their, I mean, his fellow Jewish. Because he think that the salvation is only for Jewish. For those who are not Jewish, they have to be Jewish first so that he can be saved. That's what Peter theology. And then in Galatians 2, 19 to 20, this is the context, Paul, the apostle Paul, rebuked Peter. Okay, this is what he said. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So, Peter again, right? He stumbled. And Paul had to correct him. And then later on in the second Peter, actually, Peter accepted that. He confirmed that what uh, Paul said to him is correct. That salvation is only by grace of God alone. Whether you are Jewish, non-Jewish, Anybody, if they receive it, they will be saved. I want to close with this. Yes. Uh, one quote from Charles H. Spurgeon. There's no other salvation except that which begins and ends with grace. Everybody knows that God is the Alpha and Omega. Okay? He is the beginning and He is the end. It doesn't say that he is in the beginning, right? Because God is beyond time, okay? God is not restricted by time. He is the beginning and is the end. Even time has to submit to God, okay? So he creates times, not times create God, okay? So he's beyond time. Because he's beyond time, he knows everything that, that will happen or has happened. Because he is God of today, he was yesterday, he is to come. He is God of tomorrow. So he knows everything that happened in tomorrow. Okay? That's God all-knowing. Okay? So look at this. If God knows everything that is going to happen in our life, and let's say you say that, you know what? Yesterday, God gave me a vision. God gave me a plan. God gave me a purpose. Don't you think that God knows whether we are going to accomplish or not? Don't you think that God knows 
what struggle that we are going to have tomorrow, two days later, next month, next year, the next 10 years? He knows. And he promised that he's going to walk with us eternally, that he's going to guide us eternally. If he gives you a vision, a purpose, a plan in your life, he initiated, he will commit it, he will help you to accomplish it. No longer I, but through Christ in me. As we are going to take the uh, Holy Communion, I do really want to invite everybody to take a moment and to reflect your life. Jesus said that, do this for remembrance of me. Even do this often. Because our flesh is weak. Even though the Spirit is willing. When we celebrate the Holy Communion, we are declaring that no longer I, but through Christ in me. Let Him increase and be more of Him and less of us in our life. Uh, let's uh, stand up and I would like to invite uh, the usher and I think probably uh, one of the leaders from YP Cat Leader to come and serve the
still need to get the element? Nobody get this? For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. Let's lift up our prayer. Jesus, we thank you once again, Lord. Thank you for the privilege that we can receive this bread, a symbol of your body. As we lift up this bread, Lord Jesus, we want to declare that our flesh is weak, Lord. Though the spirit is willing, we are weak we are full of temptation but we just want to thank you Lord Jesus because you die on the cross for us so that you can free us from the penalty of sin that you free us and you give us power over sin we thank you Lord Jesus as we receive your prayer we receive your gift of salvation we receive your restoration in our purpose, in our vision, in our relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. With humble heart, Lord, we receive this prayer. And we celebrate and we are joyful for that. Let's eat the bread. same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Once again, Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege to lift up this cup before you, to receive this cup, Father, a symbol of your blood. The blood that you have been poured on the cross for us. The blood that saved us from the dead. The blood that gives us hope. That gives us life. That gives us purpose. We thank you, Lord Jesus. It's not with our strength, Lord Jesus. It's not by our strength, but our power. When we receive it, we know we receive it through Christ who lives in us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the restoration. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this gift of salvation. 
praise God. Thank you, Lord. Church of Christ was born and spirit Shall not heal, shall not fail. Let's be clear. But his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. Praise him. Lord Jesus our heart is full of joy because of your salvation thank you father that we can call you Abba and father thank you Jesus that you restore our relationship that you promise us that you will walk with us eternally that you will guide us that you now live in us as we receive you as our Lord and Savior. Help us, Father Lord Jesus, not only to be the hearer of the word, but to be the doer of your word. Help us, Father, to acknowledge that you are in us, that you are the Lord of our life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, as we conclude our Sunday service today, we receive your promises, we receive your blessing, the blessing of salvation in our life. We are no longer afraid, Lord Jesus. We are no longer a slave of sin, but we are a slave of righteousness. That we belong to you, Lord Jesus. As we depart from here, Lord Jesus, guide us, help us, Father. Walk with us, Father. Because your word is a lamp unto our feet and the light of our tomb. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory and honor, and in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, guys.